1: Right now, here he is with all of his radiant glory, sitting out in his brand new... How come you always pull in the yard and your pickup is always so clean all the time? I
0: wash it on uh,
1: Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> and it lasts through Tuesday. At least through Tuesday. <laughs> okay. Yes. Dr. History, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, Zeb. You have doing some
1: great. people you want to thank I this I do. Morning?
0: I want to t- uh, say hi to Jeanette. In Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, listener, and she grew up in a place called Swift Current, Saskatchewan.
1: Nice place.
0: And uh, anyway, she kind of was telling me some of the names of some of the towns up there, which are really cool, I think. Uh, One called Moose Jaw, and Yeah some great names up in there. Moose Jaw
1: is better than (laughs) Lockjaw. That is.
0: But you know, I've had a couple of uh, listeners from Canada that would like a story about Canada. Really? And so that's what we're going to do today.
1: I'm going to have you back the mic towards me just a little bit. We're popping the peas. Okay. Okay. There you go.
0: So we're going to go into north central British Columbia, which is kind kind of straight north of the state of Washington.
1: Nope. Yep. So,
0: picture this: you got Canada, uh, great green banks of timber, uh, ripe for cutting. You got rivers with salmon, the mountains, the creeks, the food. The Indians had a, an amazing place with everything Have they you needed. Have you been there? I ha- I've been up into uh, Alberta.
1: Okay, you've been, been in Canada. BC. Oh, I'm telling you, uh, there's parts up there that you just swear that uh, St. Peter welcomed you to oh, heaven. Beautiful, they're places. beautiful places yeah. up there.
0: So, picture this: you got these uh, half-starved English sailors whose ships ventured into the west coast coves and the wonderland was something else it was freedom for Billy Barker Billy Barker was one of these guys. No,
1: That's I suppose him. you want me to remember that name.
0: You're, get, you're going to, because I'm going to repeat it. Okay. Billy Barker.
1: <laughs> uh, that was Bob Barker's uh,
0: brother the, from The Price is Right. Something Anyway, he <laughs> was hungry for a new life. He jumped ship when he heard the news about gold along the Fraser and its tributaries. Billy was tough. He got to the diggings on a place called Williams Creek, and he set to work on his own, kind of kind of his own way to make a fortune. Now, he was no geologist, didn't really know where to start digging, so he sank his shaft some distance from the stream. It wasn't right on the stream, but pretty close to it, and uh, prompted by some inner light to explore the possibilities of maybe a prehistoric stream bed that might be underneath where he was digging. So Billy actually had six partners, and these guys were all Englishmen, and most of them had jumped ship. So here we are, August thirteenth, 1862. The hole reached 35 feet. Down. Down. Now, that's a lot of digging in gravel, dirt, rocks, 35 feet down.
1: You know, that's a long way.
0: And it's hard One man did that? No, there was six. Billy and his six partners. Okay. Now, a few of the superstitious ones wanted to quit because it was the 13th, a bad day. Their funds had run out. Lucky for
1: them. What was the indication that there might be gold in that area when you start digging a hole 35 feet down? He had no idea. It was just like, well... This is as good as any.
0: Let's start digging. Holy cow. So, anyway, some of them, uh, they were down on their money. uh, And there was a guy by the name of Judge uh, Begby of Richfield that staked them out for a few more days. So they keep going down. Now they're at 50 feet down. The men struck an old river channel. A shovel full of gravel was sent up and panned in the creek. It yielded $5. So they took this gravel up, panned it. Five dollars. A 50-foot hole for five bucks? (laughs) Well, hang on. (laughs) Okay. Now, struggling to control, they were excited. They were elated. The men at the bottom filled the hoist bucket to the brim. This panned out $1,000. Oh. One bucket, Zeb. Oh. Oh.
1: Now, now I'm now I'm getting interested.
0: Okay, now, in the panic that followed, everybody came to a stop except the men's feet, which were dancing around. They were headed for the neighboring town of Richfield, and it's Saloon.
1: Uh, Saloon. <laughs> Saloon. Now, I'm not familiar with that name. What does that oh, mean? Oh, you just hang
0: on. You'll oh, get okay. it. I think <laughs> you'll
1: catch on. <laughs>
0: Now winter began to set in soon after the big discovery and winter in this place the Caribou was 40 below with deep snow Dude. the first buildings were of logs later of whips on lumber All of the Barkerville, now they're calling this place Barkerville, Barkerville. after Billy Barker, Uh, they were strung along one single street. Buildings were elevated a few feet, uh, as were the sidewalks above, because miners would frequently dam the creek for a time in their searching for gravel, and the Williams Creek would head right down the center street of Barkerville. So it was a little muddy, kind of a uh, – there were hazards, other hazards in the street. Uh, The oxen and other beasts of burden were not too sanitary. Garbage was left everywhere, and the mud was knee-deep. So you got a kind of a picture. This wasn't a real pleasant –
1: Place to build. Their chamber of commerce had a hard time they, selling they that place. They
0: did. Now, Billy Barker could take no real pride in all this growth. He was a worried man. Okay, The January after his strike, he decided he could afford to get married. Since gold was pouring in from the shaft, I mean, he was just getting wealthy, okay? Now, on another uh, 13th, which was, maybe he shouldn't have, uh, Friday the 13th, he married a widow in Victoria and brought her to the camp. Now, it's presumed that the new Mrs. Barker had heard more than rumors of her husband's wealth. Uh Uh-huh. And his looks... Had not been what had attracted her. So you're telling me she was a gold digger. Yes, indeed, but not real, not real, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so here he is, Billy Barker. He's 42 years old, and he's described as being wide and stubby, bow legged and bearded. <laughs> uh, and uh, Billy found it increasingly necessary to spend huge sums of money on his bride to keep her attention, so to speak. I see. So to speak. So to You're speak. You're doing this so Thank you. So and that's nice. all I'm going to say about it. I figured that. Okay. Now, his company soon took in some $600,000 from the hole in the creek bed. Now, from what, that 50 what foot, year was that? 1862. And today, that would be oh, like, holy At least 10 times. Moly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he went through it quickly. If you can imagine, he spent... And pretty soon it became evident that his resources had struck bottom. His wife left the camp. He was abandoned. He was lonely. Billy soon spent what little was left. And when the mine failed, he made a living cooking for road crews, uh, took to drinking, cost him one job after another. He wound up in an old man's home in Victoria, dying of cancer in 1894. So, what, 30 years later? So 30 years
1: later, the guy went from one of the wealthiest men to nothing.
0: Yeah. Now, wow. meanwhile, the town, Barkerville, was mushrooming, you know, in the beginning with new discoveries. There was a, uh, uh, what's called the, the Grizzly Mine. It had a weekly payroll of $10,000. Uh, another mine called the Caledonian at the edge of town brought in more than $5,000 a day
1: Today. for wow. a time. Holy
0: Now, s- Barkerville actually burned to the ground in 1868 because, uh, just imagine, you've got all these flimsy... Uh, Shacks that are dry wood and a few sparks, and anyway it was it it went up in,
1: what happened to mrs. Barker?
0: Uh, I think she went back to uh, San Francisco oh, or I see wherever. Okay. anyway, uh, she might have been out digging some more gold <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> now there, although you know, there was plenty of gold in Barkerville, the terrible road conditions in winter often kept food out and near famine during the winter time. And uh, in fact, there's a quote from the newspaper says, quote, "There is not a pound of beef or mutton to be pr- procured at any of the butchering establishments on the creek." And it says, in the paper it says, even beans and bacon were not always available, and sometimes neither were such staples as candles. And so the paper goes on to say, quote, In consequence of the scarcity of candles, we notice several persons are availing themselves of a large quantity of beef tallow accumulated by them during the winter and are now busy converting it into candles which they readily sell at one dollar per pound. Really? So, amazing. but Wow. Now, uh, what did they eat? I, I guess, I, I don't know. Whatever they could find. They might have been boiling a uh, uh, leather boot or something.
1: Oh, my so, goodness.
0: But, you know, the first pack trains in spring uh, also brought news. And in 1866, the newspaper quoted this. A train of 20 pack animals being the first arrival for the season got in yesterday morning, brought in a load of potatoes, which are being sold for 15 cents a pound. Whoa. That's what, uh, $15 a hundred?
1: Oh, my goodness (laughs) sakes. Yeah,
0: that's probably better than it is today. Yeah. So, anyway, remarkable and somewhat unique in the mining camp was the almost total absence of violence. Uh, They're too hungry. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have shootings. They didn't have lynchings. And in Barkerville, uh, they didn't have any of this. And in spite of a population made up of young guys, mostly single miners from every walk of life, several countries, And this was probably not due to the great brotherly love they had for each other, but because getting in and out of town was so hard, uh, it was a task in summer, and a quick getaway in winter was not possible. So a man might think twice before he pulled out a gun. So
1: they were basically snowed in in the winter.
0: Yeah, yeah. you didn't go hardly in or
1: out. Oh, my.
0: Now, there was some friction between the numerous Americans uh, there and the British people. There was a little bit of a conflict. Hmm, Like
1: 1776.
0: And it was usually due to the desire of the Americans to have the biggest and the best of everything. Well, yeah. Okay, so here's a little incident. It's called the flagpole incident. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, There was a saloon called Martin's, and it was an American-owned saloon, and it boasted it had the tallest flagpole in town. So, Fourth of July comes around. And the day before, a few of the Canadians went into the woods and found a tree that would make a taller flagpole than the Martins. They cut it down. They waited for darkness. They dug a ten-foot hole. They erected the pole and rigged it up with pulley and rope. Daylight revealed the new Canadian flag flying several feet higher than the American one.
1: And then what happened?
0: Nothing. Oh, <laughs> it, was, okay. it was just a good, oh, okay. good-natured, good time. High spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it was a time when people fa- uh, favored every new patent medicine that came along. Now, uh, there was a guy, by the name, his last name was, or His name was Wellington Moses. And he was a Barkerville's barber, and he was a kind of a contributor to these uh, patent medicines. So, in fact, he had something in 1866. There was a notice in the paper and said, "Quote." Moses' hair invigorator <laughs> to prevent baldness, restore hair that has fallen out or become thin, and to cure effectively scurf, which I don't know what that is, or dandruff. Are you sure it wasn't it scurry? I don't know. It was also really. It, will also relieve headaches and give the hair a darker and glossy color and the free use of it will keep both hair and skin in a healthy state.
1: Maybe you and I should get some.
0: <laughs> well, we're getting that way. <laughs> it goes on It says, when used on children's head, it lay, heads, it lays the foundations for a good head of hair. There you go. Now, uh, Mr. Moses promised a lot of stuff and this was, is a letter that he got in 1860. It says, uh, in the years 1860 and 61, from long this is from one of his customers, OK In the years 1860 and 61, from long and severe illness, my hair became very weak and was falling out in a most fearful manner. I was in dread of becoming entirely bald. After a few applications by you, and after using three bottles of the invigorator, my hair was restored and is becoming thick and strong as it ever was before really <laughs> i'm not sure where the letter came from so anyway that was uh, in
1: 1860 something
0: yeah holy cow anyway moses he was th- he was pretty brave and he ventured to install barkerville's first bathtub And it was placed in the back room of his shaving salon, the very first bathtub. And that's all we're going to say about
1: that. How would you like to uh, line up for a bath?
0: I'd want to be first.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, they didn't hardly change the water.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, uh, the day came when it was evident that, that the gold in Williams Creek was not going to last forever and the hopes for some fantastic load in quartz uh, outcroppings became more and more remote. Uh, in 1866, uh, a claim in the area could not be purchased at, at any price. When it first started, you couldn't buy land or uh, a claim hardly for any amount of money but uh and uh but as things got bad uh you know it said uh well uh that uh, for sale well built house Pleasantly situated at the head of the creek uh, businesses started to fail uh, nobody was buying anything anymore you couldn't you could buy a house for next to nothing but again the the, the it was being played out and it was pretty much gone so the gold rush was, was over. Indeed, yeah it was indeed a rush that ended and wh- which happened to lots and lots of them, yeah. you know so anyway uh, Barkersville was losing its people now in the late years the province of British Columbia became aware of the historical importance of the old camp and began, began a program of restoration, and this has been carried on with great attention to detail. Um, in August of 1962, okay, 100 years from the day that Billy Barker made his big strike on Williams Creek, the centennial celebration was held in the old town in a fine museum that was dedicated marking the official opening of Barkerville Historic Park. So if you go there today, it's a it's a ghost town, so to speak. But oh, it's, it's still there. Well, yeah, it's there. Uh, so it's kind of a ghost town. But I looked at some pictures. It looks like a beautiful place. And uh, like say, uh, so this is 1962 is when they dedicated this as a uh, an official historic park. So. Do you have a picture of it? I I do not with me. Uh, I I looked online though and saw, and it looks like a beautiful place to go visit. In my
1: mind's eye, I've got a picture of like a little valley with the mountains, high mountains surrounding it. Is that basically? Yeah, it it is.
0: It's a beautiful place. And, uh, uh, you know, if I ever get that far up into Canada, I'd love to go visit some of Really? And uh, I've actually got in this book, as you see here, this. Uh, ghost towns of the Old West. Uh, there's another one in Canada that I, w- uh, but we don't quite have. Well, I don't know. We
1: got about four, five minutes. Five minutes.
0: Uh, okay. Well, let's let's go through this one real quick. Okay. All real right? fast. Okay. Uh, Ashcraft Manor in British Columbia. There were some brothers. Uh, The Cornwall brothers, Henry Allen, Clement, Francis, uh, they established this Ashcraft Manor. And uh, they brought in, uh, uh, being good Englishmen, they brought in some country sports. They brought in some fine Arab stallions, uh, 20 foxhounds. And in early 1862, the brothers brought in some cattle uh, from Oregon, and they brought in some cowboys, and they wanted to have a fox hunt. But they didn't have any foxes up there, Zeb. Oh. So they replaced them with coyotes. Okay. Uh-huh. ho,
1: the coyote. Well,
0: now wait a minute, Zeb, you're getting ahead of me. Oh. <laughs> so now picture this. You got the American cowboy sitting on a row on a rail fence and they're instructing all all the proper terms, and the first man sighting that coyote is supposed to call out where away. Where, Where away. away? Now, when the direction taken by the fox or the coyote was determined, the spotter was to cry, "Yoiks! Yoiks! Yoiks! Where it, away! Yoiks!" And as a signal to get ready, then all the riders would take off at the shout. Tally ho! Aha! <laughs> and they would take off, and uh, and when, you know when the cowboy finally found one, uh, all that kind of went by the way. And the cowboy
1: said, "There he goes." <laughs> yeah, but the cowboy always used to say, "Go get that little."
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, it was kind of an interesting deal. These uh, and the. These Cornwall brothers kept diaries, and uh, what does "yoiks"
1: mean? I don't know. I don't know. You're the historian. I, I, in that's, your, that's your assignment for next week. Give us yeah. the explanation of "yoiks." Anyway, they, this
0: uh, Ashcraft Manor uh, developed into a kind of a way, uh, a place for people to stop between gold fields uh, between the different areas, yeah, and, and, be... and I believe it is actually still in. Uh, I think the, the manor is still building up there in, really? in the little town of Ashcraft.
1: I'll be darned. So, tally-ho!
0: Tally-ho and yoitz. And go get the... And wear away. <laughs> <laughs> and go get the darn thing. <laughs>
1: Yep. Oh, you cleaned that up. I did. Uh, yeah. So our friends to the North Country—they had great big gold rushes too. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. And I, you know, and I, I appreciate the the last two people from Canada that have uh, asked about stories up there. So I'm going to uh, try to find more stories
1: up, uh, that took place. Every in the... one of your gold rush stories always ends in the same kind of a vein to where it 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 played it started, out, right. and everybody went broke well, I think what happened
0: is a lot of them after they did make money, I think they probably left you yeah. know, before they I think they could see that it was not going to be very profitable, and they would hear about something else somewhere
1: else and bam, they were gone i 'm still concerned about billy barker 's wife. Well, you know, I think she made out okay. Yeah, she came out with a lot of money. <laughs> Billy didn't. Oh, my she, But I think goodness.
0: she did all right.
1: Oh, yeah. my. Mrs., Mrs. Billy Barker. Well, you know, there you go. You've done it again. And uh, all those folks. Oh, by the way, uh, audience, if you're listening to Dr. History and you want to call your friends and neighbors anywhere in the world and tell them zebbell.com, zebbell.com, and that will put you live so you can listen to it live every Tuesday. Gotcha.
0: And if they want to, if they don't catch us on your time, they can go to my dr-history.com webpage webpage and uh, 330 stories on there, right? Yeah, and how many hits did you say we've had? Uh, this year, uh, so far, there's been about 180,000 uh, downloads. That just blows listeners. my mind. Mine, too. Yeah. I,
1: I can't imagine, but... That's why your hair's all frizzy. <laughs> it blew your mind! <laughs> no, it's just gray. Okay. Dr. History, what are we going to talk about next week? I don't
0: know. I'm going to look through. This book, this uh, ghost towns of the old west, and see what else I can find.
1: You know, one of the topics I a gentleman called me last week on Friday, and he said, "You know, why don't you have Doctor History talk about some of the old guns in the old west, and, and the forty four, the Colt forty five, and all that type of thing?" And
0: I've been watching some documentaries on guns of the old yeah. west, and pretty fascinating uh, with Colt and yeah. Browning and all those guys, and
1: the Winchester seventy three and yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. Gotta run. Dr. got to run. Doctor History. God bless you, man. Thanks. Thank you. All right.